time ago, he said, Brother Casey, I like it when you title messages. And I like it too. It's just not all the time God gives me a title. And that's kind of the case this morning. I, I don't know, I suppose, if I had to title it. There's a fire in my heart. Would be my thought this morning. And Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Bless you, Brother Mike. Appreciate this. That's our, we sang that song. I want us to be together in heaven. And uh, I'm thankful that as God's people, we ought to have that desire in our heart. Uh, we want to be together there in heaven with our, our loved ones, even those that we don't know. We want them to be there. Something else this morning on your heart. Something else. Follow the Spirit of the Lord this morning. <clears throat> I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm going to try to do the best that I can this morning. Uh, my voice, things this week, uh, I may not have as much zeal as what I normally might have, but that'll be all right. I told you before I was thinking about there's a fire in my heart. And... Uh, I want to uh, I want to just be as honest this morning and just as transparent and real with you as I can be. Uh, I don't know how else to be. Uh, the Lord knows my heart this morning. He knows my convictions. Uh, there's a need of the preaching of the gospel of Christ. There's a great need. I believe that uh, God calls men and uses them for the primary means that the gospel might be preached, the good news. And this morning, uh, it's not a job that, that, that I wanted, nor is it a job that I desired to have. Uh, but it's a burden, a conviction that God called me. He laid upon my heart and um, though I, I, I struggle from time to time, uh, that's the work he's called me into. And this morning, I want you to know and understand that though God may have not have called you to be a preacher, or though you may not be a piano player and, or different things, uh, I want you to know that if you've been saved uh, this morning, that same gospel, that, that good news, has been planted inside your heart. And this morning, I believe Paul said, if, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. 
And so this morning, I want to encourage us as God's people, and, and I, I was thinking to myself this week that I feel like I have uh, just preached on the Spirit and, and the church following the leadership of the Spirit since I've come here. And I thought, Lord, why is it that you keep giving me these kind of thoughts? Why is it, Lord, that uh, you keep laying this on my heart? And, and I realize that's... That's man's opinion. Oftentimes we question those things. I've just got to preach what God gives me. And, uh, but I want you to know this morning that uh, I have a concern. When I look out and I examine not just any church in particular, but just the Lord's church in general, I have a concern. And I have a concern that, uh, you know, over there in Matthew, you'll find where it says the love of many have grown cold. And I look out and I see the things in the world and how easily it is for God's people to be distracted and pulled away. And even from the church or pulled away in a sense that uh, our focus and our heart isn't necessarily where it needs to be. And if you'll remember last week, I tried to tell you just a little bit about what happened to Solomon. And it says there that the Lord was angered with him because he did not fully go after God. And sometimes that's the way we are. We're not fully going after the Lord. We're kind of half-heartedly. We're kind of just going along the motions. We'll do what we need to do that maybe the Lord might be satisfied. But this morning, as God's people, we need to truly have a desire in our heart to follow the Lord Jesus because that's what he commanded us to do. When you look throughout the New Testament, he told them, he said, take up your cross and follow me. Even when he was speaking to Peter, and he told Peter there in the 21st chapter of John, and he was talking to him, and he told him, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord. He said, go and feed my lambs. And he asked him again, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord. He said, go feed my sheep. And he asked him a third time, and he finally, he began to kind of, uh, I think Peter got a little upset in himself. He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And even through all of those things, the Lord told him about how his death would come to pass. And you know what happened after that conversation? The apostle John was kind of close by him. I don't, I believe he was there in that conversation. But he said, well, what about this one? He said, what about John? What's going to happen to him? And you know what God, what Jesus instructed Peter? He said, don't worry about what happens to him. He said, you follow me. He said, that's what I've told you and commanded you to do. Don't worry about what's happening with John. Don't worry about what's happening with these other disciples. He said, but you follow me. That's the command, Peter, that I've given you. And this morning, that's what God has commanded us. And, and I, I just, I have a concern uh, for the spiritualness of our churches. I have a concern, uh, and, and listen, that begins with me, and it also begins with the Lord's church. And this morning, I want you to know and understand that it's not something that I can do on my own, but uh, I'm thankful this morning that uh, when the Spirit of God passes by. But I want you to know that this is the Lord's service. So I ask you this morning, what did you come to the house of God expecting? Because I can promise you this morning that I've not come here to put on a show. That's never been my desire since you've called me to pasture. 
I've heard people say, well, Brother Casey, sometimes it feels like our services are cold. What can we do to change that? What is it within ourselves that we can change the direction of our services? Are we seeking God out in a weekly prayer? Are we looking at His Word and examining? Are we desiring a closer walk with Him? Are we praying for our services before we ever come into the Lord's house? Are we examining ourselves in a way that, God, I want to be used by you and for you this morning? What are we looking at? Because I can promise you this morning that when I stand to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, my prayer is that you might see past me. I want you to look past me and see the cross of Jesus. That's my prayer every Sunday that I preach. Lord, take me and hide me in the shadow of your cross that they might see Jesus. That your name might be exalted. That you might be lifted up. That you might draw lost people unto you. That's my desire this morning. That you might look past me and see the cross. The cross. The old rugged cross. So that's my desire. I want to take for a reading this morning over in Jeremiah. Some familiar scripture. I'm going to take that cough drop out before I choke on it. <coughs> we want to, I want to just kind of give you just a little bit of back what's going on here. When you, uh, we talk about Jeremiah, and uh, we think of him a lot of times as the weeping prophet. And we can go back and even in the first chapter of Jeremiah, find how the Lord had called him even from his mother's womb. And the Lord had chosen him. And the Lord would be with him. And the Lord told him that he would be with him. And we find here when, when I've I done a, a sermon back a few months ago on uh, uh, the potter, and uh, you can find that in the 18th chapter. And now here we come to the 19th chapter of Jeremiah. And do pray for me this morning. But uh, he instructs there Jeremiah to go uh, to the potter's earth. Uh, he said, go and get a potter's earthen bottle and take it to the ancients of the people. This is the first verse of the 19th chapter. And of the ancients of the priests. And he says, and go forth into the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is at the, the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell you. And so he went and he gathered those, uh, those together and uh, uh, those uh, that had authority, and he gathered them together there in that gate. And he began to use that bottle uh, as an image. And if you'll look back there when he was, uh, had went to the potter's house and that one that uh, uh, though that vessel had uh, uh, been decayed or, or marred, how that that uh, uh, potter was able to put that back together again uh, the way that he desired. And here we find here that he goes through all of these things and Jeremiah is beginning to expound upon uh, how that they had done great evils. How that they had taken uh, those children uh, in times past and made them to pass through the valley of Hinnom. And you'll find there that even King Ahaz had uh, made his sons to pass through there. Uh, Manasseh had made his sons to pass through there. They had sacrificed them to, uh, uh, um, uh, to, there, to those false gods and uh, made them uh, basically uh, uh, 
sacrifice their own children. And uh, I don't want to get too much into that, but Jeremiah here through the Lord is calling them out on this. And you'll find there's different time periods in Jeremiah. You'll find one section you'll be reading maybe around 605 B.C. and then it may go to uh, 588 B.C. So you kind of got to look at what different time periods you're reading about. But in essence, Jeremiah is calling out to the people that they might turn their hearts back to God. That they might repent and he's telling them about a destruction uh, that is going to come to pass. And here it is as he's standing before them, he shows them this bottle and this uh, broken earthen vessel, how it's broken. And how that it cannot be pieced back together in a sense, but it has to be rebuilt. And uh, I want you to know that he had uh, uh, the authority from God, that the Lord was with him, had spoken through him. I want to get us over here into the 20th chapter. Now, it says that uh, he says, and I'm, I'm going to mispronounce some of these, I apologize. He says, Now Peshur, the son of Emner, the priest, who was also the chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Peshur smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it came to pass on morrow that Peshur brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks and said unto Jeremiah unto him, The Lord hath not called thee by thy name Peshur, but Magor Masipabit. And thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, that they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and thine eyes shall behold it. And I will give all of Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry thee captive into Babylon, and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I deliver all the strength of this city, and all the labors thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give unto the, unto the hand of their enemies, and which shall fool them, and take them, and carry them into Babylon. And thou, Peshur, and all that dwelleth in thine house shall go into captivity, and shalt come into Babylon, and there thou shalt die, and thou shalt be buried there, and thou and all thy friends whom thou hast prophesied Lies. And the Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, every one mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried, I, I cried out, and I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing and could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many fear on, on every side, report, say they, and, and we will report it. And my familiars watch with my halting, saying, pre-adventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, 
for thou shalt not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall be, shall never be forgotten. And uh, he says, but O Lord of hosts, that is Christ the righteous, and seest the reins of the heart, let me see the vengeance of them, for upon them I have opened my call. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. And I want to start, I want to read one uh, piece of text over here in Psalms in 107. Psalms in 107 for our text. He says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And they wandered in the wilderness in solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And I want to stop there with the mistakes that we've made reading. If you pray for me this morning, as I need the Lord's help, as always. And I began to think about here what's happening to Jeremiah, and, and I might try to slow down just a little bit this morning. But we find here that Jeremiah had stood and had spoke and prophesied the things that God had placed in his heart, the things that would come to pass. And keep in mind, there was uh, those that had prophesied lies in those times. If you'll go back and read uh, some of Jeremiah, uh, they preached peace when there was no peace, the Bible says. And so here it is that Jeremiah is speaking and testifying unto the things that God had laid upon his heart. And uh, as he's doing those things, you'll find here this uh, governor, this chief governor there, he had heard or either he had heard about it or he was there as a witness. And uh, he took Jeremiah and he put him in the stocks and he smote him upon the head. And uh, I want you to know that as Jeremiah is going through all of this, and I've told you all before that sometimes we find in ourselves. Uh, and maybe it's just me, and I'm not looking for any pity this morning. That's not what this is about. But I want you to know sometimes it's very easy to get a little discouraged. It's easy to think back and wonder if we're having uh, uh, maybe any, uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, uh, but if we're having any uh, help or if we're uh, uh, encouraging the church or encouraging the lost and and I'll be honest with you, a lot of that comes down to a, pay, a, a point of patience. And I believe that's where Jeremiah was. He had preached and prophesied that he might encourage those people. He was telling them about a destruction that was going to come to pass, how that, uh, they, would, uh, uh, that, how that they would be slain. Uh, if they would just, uh, if they stayed in the city, if you'll read in the 19th chapter, they would be slain. But if they were to go into those uh, that had besieged the city, uh, then they would live. They would be carried off into captivity. And so he's trying his very hardest to pour out his heart uh, that they might uh, repent and once again turn to God. And I want you to know I believe that's one of the reasons that a lost sinner this morning has ever opportunity to be saved up until the last breath that they draw. I believe that you can repent and turn to the Lord Jesus. But my friend this morning, why would you put it off that long? Why would you wait this morning when you can cry out to God and be saved? Uh, this morning he's able to save today. And I would encourage you this morning if you're here and lost. But as Jeremiah here, is, uh, he's been released. And it says that he was brought out of the stocks. And here 
uh, the Lord hath not called thy name for sure, but he called him by another name, uh, which means there's terror all around thee. And he told him that uh, there would be much destruction that would happen to him and his loved ones. Uh, but my friend, I believe Jeremiah began to uh, look back and examine everything that had happened. He said, Lord, uh, look, I, I've tried to preach. I, I've tried to tell the people. It just seems they don't hear me anymore. And I want you to know that uh, sometimes this morning, that's the way that uh, maybe we feel sometimes that you try to pour your heart out. And, and my friend, you want to see the church move. And you want to see the Spirit of God uh, come into the house of God and fill the people up. You want to see lost people uh, get convicted. And my friend, that's something this morning that has to come by God and from God. I can't convict anybody as much as my heart this morning is troubled for the lost souls that's here. I, I can't convict them uh, any more than I can save them. But my friend, this morning as God's people, uh, listen, Jeremiah had a conviction in his heart. I believe he had a burden because God had placed it there in his heart. Uh, my friend that Judah might once again turn to the Lord and my friend that's my prayer this morning uh, that we once again as God's people uh, might turn our eyes and our focus to the Lord Jesus uh, that we not just go around uh, uh, sometimes half-hearted but my friend he desires that our whole heart be in this work that we fully follow him, my friend, to the best of our ability. Does that mean that we're not going to stumble? Does that mean that we're not going to fall? Does that mean that difficulties are not going to come in this life? Absolutely not. But my friend, when we stumble and when we fall, uh, you know what? I, I was thinking about this sermon I preached a few weeks ago, and I believe it's over in Proverbs. He says, the righteous man falleth seven times, but he says, yet he standeth again. And my friend, though I might fall and fall and fall time again with the Lord's help, I'll stand again. Jeremiah found himself in this position. Now listen to what he says. He began to pour out his heart. He said, Lord, he said, I would deceive. He says, thou art stronger than I. And as prevailed, he said, he said, everyone mocketh me. He said, I cried and violence was spoiled because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me. He said, I've stood. He said, I've preached. He said, I've done all that I can. And he said, I finally got down to a place, and I don't believe he preached this out amongst the people, but I believe Jeremiah said this within his own heart. He said, uh, then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. He said, I done come to a place to where I done made up my mind. I wasn't going to speak of him. I wasn't going to say anything of his name. But now listen to what Jeremiah says. He said, but his word was in my heart. As a burning fire shut up in my bones. And he said, I was weary with forbearing. And he said, I could not stay. And my friend, this morning, that's the way it is with me. And I believe that's the way it is with any God-called preacher. My friend, that God has called. And listen to me this morning. I want you to know that 
uh, there's been times that I have got weary. And that's what Paul said there in Galatians. Let us not get weary in well-doing. Uh, but my friend, uh, listen, sometimes we get weary. But I want you to know that God has called me out to do this work. He's called me to preach. And my friend, he's put something in here. He's put something in my heart, my friend, that if, even if I have to go and preach on the sidewalks one day after a while, that lost people might hear about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and risen from the dead. My friend, if He'll help me, I'll go. He's put something down in the depths of my heart. My friend, it wasn't something that I decided that I'd conjure up one day and decided that I'd go preach. But my friend, when God's Spirit's in it, and my friend, He's given me the Word, and He tells me, go tell them about it. My friend, that's all that I can do. And leave the big things up to Him. And you say, well, preacher... I'm no preacher this morning. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know how else to be. When I resigned from Mount Zion, uh, I wasn't looking for a church. I wouldn't. I was going church to church and preaching, and boy, I was enjoying it. I didn't know, I just, when the Lord gave me a burden, that's just where I was going to go. Even after I had resigned from Mount Zion, you know, I thought, well, uh, if y'all think bad of me, want to. I thought, well, a week or two off, you know, not, 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 not going to church, just preaching, you know. That won't hurt nobody, you know. Boy, I was sitting there at home one night. Lord got putting a message on my heart. He let me know, I need to stay busy. I need to stay busy preaching. Well, I started going around and getting appointments and things. And I never dreamed the Lord would put me here. I wasn't looking for this church. But I know the burden that God laid upon my heart. And I can't question that. But I want to say this this morning. You say, preacher, I, I'm no preacher. You're talking about getting up and preaching. Well, listen to me this morning. I want you to know, I think sometimes as God's people, we've allowed our wood to get a little wet. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, listen, you may not be a preacher, but my friend, he's put something in your heart. And my friend, it ought to burn in your heart. It ought to be something in there this morning that burns within you. And listen to me this morning. I'm telling you, the primitive quartet sang a song that says, uh, he said that the fire... Hey, it may have flickered, but the flame has never gone out. And listen to me, though, that little flame in your heart may be flickering. I'm thankful when the Spirit of God passes by. What does it take for a fire, my friend, to move and to burn? It takes oxygen. It takes wind. And my friend, when the Spirit of God passes by, it'll blow upon that little flame, and it'll burn for the glory of God. Listen. I can't make anybody do anything. But I want you to know, he said, let the redeemed say so. Let them say what? Let them testify of the goodness that God has put in their heart. Let them stand for the glory of God, of what he's done. He's made you a new creature in your heart this morning. 
And I'm telling you, there ought to be something in here that's burning. It may just be barely burning, but it's burning. Anybody's wood ever got wet in here? Mine has. And you think, boy, this wood's wet. You know what happened to the wet wood over there? With them prophets of Baal? Well, the Lord sent down a fire to consume it, didn't he? Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we'll let our wood get wet. And it don't take very much to get in that way. But my friend, I want you to know this morning in church, listen to me. Yes, we must have the truth preached. And you might be saying, this, is, this ain't no Valentine's Day sermon. I, listen, I'm not going to follow the seasons just because it's just the season, all right? But I want you to know this morning that we must have the Spirit of God. It is an absolute necessity to have the Spirit of God. I can't stand and preach this morning without the Spirit of God helping me. Brother Don's got a nickname for me. He calls me Brother Cold. I don't want to be cold. I want that fire that's in here. That God has shut up in here. I want it to come out. And I'm not picking at nobody. But how easy is it for us to say. Boy that, that was just as cold as anything. Listen. When we come into the house of God. It ought not feel like a funeral home. But honey it ought to feel like something where God dwells. There's death all around us because sinners is lost in their, uh, uh, listen, in their uh, sins and trespasses. But my friend, I serve a living God today, and he's able to give life. There ought to be a warmth from the house of God. There ought to be, uh, listen, there ought to be something special right here this morning. And the warmth of God's people and the love of God's people, it ought to resonate from the blessings that God has given us in this life, and it ought to shine through. If the church is looking for the pastor to put on a show, listen to me, that ain't my job. I've not come here to put on a show. I've not come here to step on your toes. If I touch anything this morning, I pray that it touches your heart. This whole work is not left up to the pastor. It's left up to the people of God too. We've got a job to do. Each and every one of us. I'm going to ask you something this morning. When's the last time you stood and thank God publicly for what God's done in your heart. I'm just asking a question here. Don't fall out with me. I can tell you that at least one time you've done it is when you united with this church. Well, I've told my testimony here so many times, y'all could probably tell it for me. And there's some of you this morning, I've never heard of your testimony. I, I know, I believe you've got one, but I don't know about what's happened to you. 
Listen, that's things that we need to know about each other. I want to know how the Lord saved you. I want to know what he done for you, either on an altar or in the back of an old car one time. I want to know what God's done for you in your heart. I want to know about that fire that dwells within here, though it may just be a little flame. I want to know what he's done for you. I want to know how he saved you. Listen, when you draw your last breath, I don't want people to be able to just come up to, well, we know they were saved. They was a member of the Lord's church, but I don't remember where they got saved. I, don't, I want to be able to tell them, well, they told me. They got saved down here on an old altar somewhere, and God become real in their heart. I realize this morning, y'all may not, listen, all I know to do is be real with you. Jeremiah said it's within my heart. He said, I've got to let it out. It's got to come out. Even though he had made it up in his mind, he wasn't going to say another word. He wasn't going to testify unto the fact of God anymore. He said, it's in there. I've got to let it out. It's got to go somewhere. That's the way the goodness of God is. I've heard people say, well, Brother Casey, it's just different places. Listen, I can promise you this. If God saved your soul, you've got the same thing I've got. It's peace. But folks, we've got to be ready when we come to the Lord's house to have a service. This ain't about me. And bless your heart, it ain't about you. But it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about what he's done in your life. It's all about how he's made you a new creature. It's all about how that, see, that's the thing I preach. Jesus Christ and the things that he suffered and the things that he went through to a lost and nine world. But I'll tell you, it became personal to me as a nine-year-old little boy. He is my personal Savior. And I can preach to you about him and how that he takes one that's dead and he sins and trespasses without hope and puts new life within your heart because that's what happened to me. I want to talk to you just a minute over here in this 24th chapter of Luke. And then I'm going to be done. There was two on the road to Emmaus. Lord Jesus had been crucified, risen. There's these two on the road to Emmaus. We know one by name. I think we know who the other one was. That's not the point of what our thought is today. He says, And behold, two of them went in the same day in a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that one another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, Thou art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. 
But we trusted that it had been that which we should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels, and, and which said that he which was alive. And certain of them uh, which were with us went into the sepulcher and found it even uh, so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then said he unto them, O fools, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scripture of the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made us as though he would have gone a little further. And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And my friend today, I pray that might be what our thought is, that we might constrain him, that he might tarry with us just a little while here this morning. Listen, I need him. I need his spirit in my life. I can't do nothing without the Lord. And that be my prayer that we not be looking about what's coming in the next hour or this afternoon. But we might constrain him. That we might look to the Lord. That he might be with us in this service. We need him. And it says then that he might abide with us. We need him, church. We need him. We need him in our daily walk. And we need him in our services. I need his help to preach. Listen to what he's saying. And he went in to tarry with him. And it came to pass as he said it meet with him. He took a bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did, it, uh, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened unto us the scriptures? And my friend, this morning, that's what we need. We need a burning in our heart. We need that burning, my friend, this morning as God's people that's in our heart. Uh, I'm not telling you this morning that you've got to stand up and testify and tell you experience and all that's good. But my friend, this morning as God's people, we need to be willing. We need to be asking God to give us something to do. Because it's not just, listen, it's not just the preacher's job. You know, I told y'all back a couple weeks ago, a month ago, uh, there was a woman there to Wales. She went back to Samaria. And she said, come see a man that told me all things. You know what? It says many believed because of her testimony. So this morning you might say, well, preacher, I don't have any impact on this one or this one or this one or this one. You follow the leadership of God. And you let God take care of the big things. You let God help you and direct you in what it is that you need. And my friend, this morning, church, if that's something that, uh, that I'm lacking in, then I need your prayers. Uh, 
All I know is that God's put a burden in my heart to preach the gospel. You know what Paul said? He said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. All I know is I've got a job to do. And God's put a burning in my heart to preach it. And even before the Lord called me to preach, there'd be times that I'd stand up and testify to the goodness of God. You know, sometimes all it takes is saying, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Some people say, well, preacher, we ain't, you know, that's just not our style here. Well, that's okay. Maybe it can be. We need to testify of the goodness of God and what he's done in our hearts. I don't know about you, but sometimes my wood gets weak. But boy, when the Spirit of God moves by and he blows upon this little flame that's in my heart, it burns and it burns and it gets brighter and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. You know what happens with fire? It spreads. It spreads. So sometimes all you've got to do is have this little fire that's in your heart and you spread it and then that spreads to somebody else and that spreads to somebody else and that spreads to somebody else. Folks, we can have a great big service in this church if we'd all come expecting God to use us in a great mighty way. That'd be my prayer for our church. I hope it's your prayer for our church as well. That'd be my message today. Be a thought. Anything on anyone's heart. Anything. Anything at all. If not, how does the church feel about, may mention this uh, 